Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified profiting from your passions coach, Kate Bessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Gary Zendersky. Gary is an author, speaker, teacher, and branding specialist, internationally acclaimed as an expert on the subject. He specializes in helping people and organizations to navigate change and frequently speaks and writes on the topic of emerging brands, personal branding, and companies in transition. Gary is an award-winning writer, author of the book of Zen and Zen Zone, often quoted marketing expert and recipient of the Distinguished Instructor Award from the University of California in Irvine, where he teaches branding. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Kate. Glad to be here. Let's start at the beginning. You're a branding specialist and an expert on the subject. What does that mean, and what attracted you to that field? Well, you know, I didn't get attracted to the field originally. Uh, I was attracted to marketing, and uh, but I'll answer this, the question first on what does it mean. It means that I, I have a lot of experience looking at uh, brands and, and situations to try to discern the key differentiation uh, from one brand to another and its inner engine, I guess would be a way to say it, the, the, the character of what makes a brand go, and that's what I teach in school. How I got to that, is kind of a circuitous route from uh, Toledo, Ohio, where I graduated from school at the University of Toledo. And I'm not going to give you too much of this because you probably don't want it all, but I ended up uh, moving to Los Angeles because I really liked the advertising and, and marketing aspects, and, and I had to go to a big market in order to compete. And from mm-hmm. there, it was just really one, adver- one advertising agency after another. I did work for a short time at the, the LA Times. And then as I got a little bit more senior, uh, I, I started uh, gravitating towards companies and organizations going through change and in transition mm-hmm. and helping them get their brand realigned. And that fascinated me to see how people could come out of a change in a positive way. And somewhere along the line, University of California said, would you like to teach that? So I said, okay, I'll do that. And then from that time, which is about 2003 to now, I, I wrote a couple of books. And... Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. There might be a longer story in there somewhere, but uh, that's basically it. Oh, don't worry. I'll ask you more about that. <laughs> okay. So there are a lot of interpretations of the term personal brand these days. What does that mean in your world? You know, it's, it's actually the same thing as any other brand. I mean, it has to be relevant, and it's made up of three characteristics. One is the personality of the person is really important in a personal brand, but the actual attributes of the person. So you might say, what's, what's the resume? Uh, what do they look like? What are their physical traits and characteristics? Those are things that actually exist, so you've got to take them into consideration. And the third piece is the image of the user, and that is, what are you projecting? 
and, and how is that influencing people around you? Uh, and we all have like an energy that we put out there. And so that all has to be kind of in alignment to, to develop a strong personal brand. So Gary, you're a branding expert and you've worked with some pretty big companies. So how did that lead to you writing about the subject of personal change? Well, I think I said a little bit a little while ago about uh, focusing on companies and brands going through transition, you know, brand extension, line extension, that kind of thing. There's always there's a lot of physical components of companies going through change and shift, but there's a lot of personal pieces of it as well. And I, I work with a lot of different folks uh, at high levels in organizations and owners that I could tell they were going through some angst making the move. And oftentimes CEOs or owners don't have anybody to talk to or, or, or bounce things off of when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I got a lot of good information and experience just working through those kinds of things. And then somewhere along the way, uh, I started putting it down on paper. I, I wrote these originally as little vignettes for my staff, and they liked them, and so I kept it up, and they sent them to other people, eventually to clients, and then I got a couple of thousand readers and had enough for a book. And that's really how the Book of Zen started. And then a couple of years after that, I wrote The Zen Zone, which uh, just came out last year. So what are some, it sounds like it's all kind of intertwined then, sort of like the, the company and the culture and what it is that they're trying to portray to their customers. Um, and that and that it all gets wrapped up and boiled down to it, it's all personal, right? <laughs> it is. It always is because we're, people make things go. Nothing happens without us, you know. Uh, so it's it's pretty key because the personality gets built into the brand. You know, like if you took um, a Mercedes Benz worker who's all bent on having a every nut and bolt be just in the right place, right? Because it's engineered like no other car in the world. It's a work of art in and of itself. And, and but to, at the BMW plant, they're looking at performance and what this thing will do. It's about drivability and hence it's the ultimate driving machine. Uh, that, but everything else about it is pretty similar. They're German made, German trade engineers, same basic price points, same broad general demographic, and yet they're really different because the people that make them are different. And, and it's not rocket science, but it explains why you typically won't see a Mercedes commercial with it fishtailing through the intersection, because it would be out of character. Mm. Yeah, and all of that goes into brand perception, which of course plays into an awful lot of uh, market share and all that good stuff. Right, exactly. So your, fir well, your first book, you mentioned the Book of Zen. Uh, is yeah. a compilation of stories and essays that celebrate the power in each of us to be what we want to be. Who did you write that book for? Uh, that's been, that was written for so many different people. That's why there's so many different stories in there. If you, if you look at, through the book, you'll see that there's uh, real-life kind of uh, historical perspectives, that, that uh, things that have happened to me, and then there's people that I've, I've touched or worked with somehow that have inspired me and they had a problem or an issue and I tried to write about that. And so the one thing that I think everything was in, that all of it had in common is that oftentimes we don't think we can get anywhere. And so we stop. We don't try. And, and we only go as far as we think we're supposed to go. 
And, and that's just not fair to us in life. We've got a lot more potential than that. And I just, you know, I started to write it for almost anybody that wants to go through a transition in a positive way. So, and it's become broader that way. So it went from just being an email to a book and, and I have, I still write a weekly story and I still get responses from people then, and that keeps it going. So it never stopped. Fascinating. So you're teaching branding at UC Irvine. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. incorporate these messages about uh, positive personal change into your classes? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't try to do it in a heavy-handed way, uh, and, and I don't push my books either. I mean, they, they come to learn branding because they've got a specific thing they want to know about it. So I stay much, pretty much to the topic, but it does come out in terms of how people believe that they can get there. Uh, I, get, I get a lot of business professionals. Most of these folks are graduates from college and, and own a company or, or a marketing director. And they, you know, they often stymie their own growth because they don't see what's really possible. And so in branding, just like anything else, you've got you to raise the bar. I mean, I'm going I'm to kind of paraphrase Michelangelo a little bit. It's better to aim too high and miss the target than aim too low and hit it. <laughs> and and that's, that, exactly that's, right. that's that's kind of the way I I think, and and that's why it's, it's hard for me to keep it out of this out of the classroom. It just kind of bubbles out, but uh, it bubbles out in terms of technical stuff too, because there's a lot of things in branding that are pieces you you actually have to deal with. Well, you've received the Distinguished Instructor Award, so you must be doing something right. Yeah, I, I was really proud to get that. That that was uh, that was really nice and a, and a surprise, honestly. I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that the average person doesn't really understand branding. They understand, oh, it's the name of the company or, you know, like, you know, I live in Seattle. So we have a lot of very well-known brands here. We've got Starbucks and Amazon and Google has an office right up the street from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these are are brands, right? But... Right. Um, some consciously create their brand, which is how the public sees them, and some just kind of fall into it. Have you seen like those two different uh, approaches and and how they sort of uh, play into the company culture? Yeah, I've, I've I've had some. I've been privy to a couple of different examples of things how they just kind of become organic. And you think, oh, how in the heck did that ever happen? And, and why did it happen that way? Well, if you do enough digging, you find that the people behind it are, are, are really following their philosophy somehow. Some people want to dictate exactly what they want you to think. Others prefer to let you tell them what they think. And, mm-hmm. and those two, just those two uh, polar opposites can change the whole shift in how you go to business. Uh, one is more of a tell, one's more of an ask. And you get different outcomes. Uh, I think as, as brands get bigger, no matter how they got to be big, uh, they do put a little bit more controls in and try to manage the, the communications flow at least. Uh, but it's way more certainly than just a logo or a tagline or anything like that. It's a, it's a way of thinking. And, and everything matters in branding. Nothing is in isolation. Right, even down to the colors that you use or the font and all of that, that will speak different things to different people, right? 
Correct. I think if you, if you looked at a newspaper and, and you, you came across a certain type font without even seeing the name of the company, you'd probably know the, the brand. You know, mm. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, that, it's that pervasive. And br- some brands uh, have been around so long, we, we almost overlook them. But, uh, and, it's, and also, too, I, I should add, it's a, this is a very cluttered world we live in right now. And it's hard to keep a brand, you know, on, the, on its top game. There's so much competition. Anybody can give you a bad review, and you can be yelped out of business, I mean, in yeah. a heartbeat. So it's, it's very, very tough, and you have to be uh, diligent and alert at all, at all times to make sure you're really managing your brand right. Yeah, and I think, you know, a word that I think you use a lot in your book and that that I know that is more in the parlance of of people who are looking for personal growth is being intentional, right? Really thinking about what is the intention with almost everything that you do from your personal brand to your business brand uh, and every communication that you put forth into the into the world, like even on Facebook and Twitter and other forms of social media, right? Like understand that that's all part of the package. Right. And, and yeah, you're right, Kate. And talking about intent or intentional thinking, you, you actually start to skirt the spiritual uh, side of the world. And, and we live with intention. You know, we have to have a purpose. Uh, I, I can't tell you, though, one of the most common problems people have in branding or marketing or anything is that they do not know what they want. Mm-hmm. They just don't know. And, and so they try a bunch of things and, and it's, it's, it's bothersome and it's frustrating. Uh, and that, like a song says, you can't get what you want until you know what you want. So without that beacon or that, that, that goalpost you're looking for, we circle around sometimes and go through a lot of motions and energy and, and we kind of miss, uh, we, we misuse the time we have to really get us to someplace that makes us happy. Absolutely. Well, you know, the first question that I ask my clients is, what do you want your life to look like? And you are absolutely right. I would say 90% of them can't answer that. They don't know. Right. Or they or they don't, you know, they don't even know that they don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> as you say, you have to know that be- before you can move forward and make any kind of a change in your life, because otherwise you're just kind of randomly wandering, right? And hoping that something will show up that will make you happy, which is not very effective. <laughs> no, I, I, you're absolutely right. And I'll give you a little anecdotal example of this uh, and the power of, of that kind of thinking is uh, a, we, before we closed our company about five years ago or six years ago, my partner and I, we had, uh, we had about 14 people. We had offices in different parts of the world, Spain included, and also France. And she spoke five languages and always did all the work, you know, out of the country. And we, we were a brand development firm. We did design. Uh, and I said, you know, this, I don't really want to go to France. I mean, so I'm going to go, I'm going to put this out there that I'm going to figure a way to get there, and I'm going to start to learn the language. So I started taking French lessons. And within two weeks, I t- started taking the lessons, got a call from a media company that we spent a lot of money with, which was CBS. They said, you know, you guys are our favored, one of our favored uh, sponsors. Uh, we've just, uh, we're going to give you a round, I mean, a, a totally first-class paid vacation for four to the south of France. Nice. So, okay, baby, I'm going. You know, <laughs> uh, 
that's great. And, and, and it was, it was amazing. And it, it works just like that. I, I don't make this stuff up. And I, people tell me about it all the time that they think about something and they're, they're amazed that it actually happens. Cause in, in my world, I, I always believe that once you set yourself up to go do something, whatever that is, it, it starts to come to you too. It wants to meet you. I mean, there's something that draws it. We can talk about physics and how everything, every wiggle we do is, a, is something that triggers something else. But I really believe there's a, there's a power there, uh, not, a, not just a practical power in terms of getting what you want while you're living here, but, you know, a personal power to be the, the best version of yourself you can be. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it works the other way, too, though. People don't realize that their thoughts you know, if they're negative, then that creates more negativity in their life. So if they just change the way they think about things, it'll make a huge impact. Yes, there's, you know, uh, uh, if, if you think people are out to get you, they'll be standing in line. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing is, if you change your mind, you change the world. Uh, yep. and, and that's, it's, it's that simple. It's, uh, it's easy to say, but it's not the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. That is so true. Um, We've got to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the Zen Zone. Fantastic. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone. So it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back. You are listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and my guest today is Gary Zendersky. Gary, there are plenty of books about change, including your book of Zen. What's different about Zen Zone? Uh, You know, Zen Zone is, uh, from my own perspective, it's a little bit more refined than my my first book in that the stories are are of way different genres, but they always have the same point. And that is, you know, the, the best way to handle change is to initiate it yourself. Go ahead and do what you want to do and try to get there. Instead of waiting for something to happen, uh, that may never happen. And so, you know, you can think about it. There's probably a million ways to say what I just said in a story way, uh, anecdotally or, or through historical context. Uh, and I chose, I don't know how many are in there, but they, they all kind of come to that same conclusion. Mm-hmm. And you categorize things in this book with some clever names like Zenipets, which are uh, quotable summaries of the points you're trying to make throughout the book. 
a few of my favorites are in the world of the unknown, all possibilities exist. Good judgment requires experience and the best experience is often gained through bad judgment. And a decision is a commitment to the intended result. If people only read those, that could be enough. What is the best yeah. way to read Senzone? You know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, most everybody that reads this typically will bounce around and just open it anywhere and pick something. Uh, although I did have uh, somebody read it from start to finish and they thought it was fine. I, it, it's not like a story like that, but uh, it does have chapters that give you slightly different interpretations. And so I think it's one of these night table pieces where you read one a day or, or two and whatever it is, whatever one you pick up is going to have a positive feeling to it. And it's, that's, what's in, that's why it's there. It's, it's always engaged to kind of trigger that moment when we decide that we actually can. And I think that's such a, 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 a tough place to get to. As I said earlier, we're, it's easy to talk about all this stuff and you can change and lose in, in a blink of an eye. But the reality is people don't like to change. And, and sometimes, the, uh, I'm going to quote myself from the book of Zen, the only thing that separates the you today from the new and powerful you that's meant to be is the step that your heart is begging you to take. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes just don't listen to that inner feeling and we don't go. Um, but I think I read a little of your bio and you took off and you went on an excursion uh, not knowing what was going to happen. I, when I moved to Los Angeles, it was pretty much the same way. What the heck? It's you, you get someplace, and somehow it works out. You know, you, you yeah. get there, and you're okay. Yep, absolutely. Got to take that step, right? There's the uh, the uh, proverb of you take the the step, and the bridge will appear, right? Which mm -hmm. is scary, but uh, it always does. It always, always does. Right. So books like this, I like to read them um, just by kind of letting the universe charge. Uh, choose my page. So I'll pick up the book and just let it open to wherever it opens. And it often, if not always, will be exactly what I need to read at exactly that moment in time. That is, that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. That is the most common thing I hear is that you must have been thinking about me when you wrote this. Yeah. Because uh, it's just what I'm looking for. It's, it's bizarre how that happens. But, but look, at we're talking about it, and it does happen, and it works. <laughs> it does work. Well, you know, you mentioned change can be tough, and we certainly are dealing with a lot of it these days in our society. There are studies that show that even change that we actively want, right, like getting married or moving to your dream home or, you know, changing your life in a really positive way can cause stress. Why do people find change so difficult? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's really simple. There's, there's two pieces to it. One is the fear of the unknown. Will it really go the way I want? And the other one is a fear of failure. Uh, people are often ready to go take that leap and try something, but they're, they're really afraid to fail. And oftentimes it holds them back, maybe for long periods of time. Eventually they get over it. But uh, you can still get stressed out even if you're in the midst of something positive because there's so many moving parts to changing your life uh, that sometimes we think we have to do it all by ourselves, and that's where the stress comes from, because we, we can't. You mm -hmm. just can't. You've got to put it out there 
and go do, take a little baby step, take one little thing, like, like I take French lessons and stuff happens. So it's, it's that simple and, and you'll see it unfold in a little bit better, more calmer way, which is in, in my world, what, what being happy is, is having that calm sense of that, that confidence, calmness and confidence together where I know I'm going to get where I want to go and I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, again, those are easy things to say, uh, but with practice, we can all get there. Yes, that is true. What are you hoping people will get out of this book? You know, if, if one person finds uh, a story in there that helps change their life for the better, uh, that, would be, that would be great for me. And I already have some stories back from readers that, that has happened to, and it's really fulfilling. Uh, it makes me feel good. It makes me want to do more. Uh, and uh, I don't know where this stuff come from, comes from, actually, because I, I write, one new, write one story a week. That's my deal. And next thing I know, years have gone by, <laughs> and I've got a bunch of stories, and I, and I get them out there. Uh, but I think if people uh, can, can see themselves actually dealing with their frustrations, getting to know exactly what they want, and taking you know, action to get there, that's the main thing for me is find a way, find a story in there that can help you get over that, that hurdle. Mm-hmm. One of the concepts in the book that struck me is investing time, not just using it. Not to give it all away, but explain what you mean by that. And if you would be so kind, give us a few more actionable tips from the book. How can people start to get into the Zen zone? Oh man, you're gonna like, you're gonna test me on my memory. All right, so <laughs> I might have I might have to get the book out here and 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 find a couple of pages that that. Um, uh, okay, I've, I've, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna quote myself. But investing time. What I mean by that is uh, the time it, you can you can sit in a chair and be really comfortable and even be dozing off if your mind is working on a challenge or a problem, something that you can fix. Uh, and think through, that's, that's an investment in time too. It's not just wandering. Whenever you have focus that you're spending that time on a particular thing that is going to move your needle, that's what I mean by investing. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're using time. Uh, we're always using time anyway, but you're, you're may, you may not be getting the most out of it. But when you invest the time you have, I, I think it's just a mindset, but I think there, there's, more, there's more to come. Um, there's a, there's a story in, uh, in Zen Zone called Change for Life. And uh, in it, I talk about, you know, how to kind of create something new. And so I'll, I'll read you some of the highlights or the, you ask for some advice. And so I'm going to, just so I get it right, I'm going to read this guy's stuff and okay. uh, be sure, sure I quote him right. Uh, creating something new hap- uh, begins with thinking something new. To make any kind, pro- kind of progress or growth, we need to examine two criteria, direction and process. Direction sets the goal, and often this forces a change in the process to get there. If the direction remains valid, perhaps we need to then examine the way we are pursuing it if we're looking for improvement. The way we go about our lives defines who we are. By examining our own predictable routines and habits, we may see that simple adjustments could, not, could net incredible returns. Forced and conscious change of what is will yield a better view of what could be. And to make any kind of course correction, we're forced to get our bearings, and this enhances our ability to visualize. 
And the last thing is that life is absolutely unpredictable. And so even if I talk about these steps to kind of get yourself in alignment with where you want to go, things happen anyway. They come mm-hmm. at you. Uh, and if you're, if you're grounded, that's what I meant about the way you go, is like in the spirit of the journey. How are, you, how are you going through your life? You can spot something. You can spot opportunities. You can spot trouble sometimes as well and dodge it. But uh, sometimes you'll, you'll bump into somebody that could be the love of your life, and you weren't looking for that. But it happens anyway. It happens all the time. Uh, and, so, and I think that's really the fun of life. So if you're really okay with who you are and, and what you want to be when you grow up, a lot of things can come at you. So don't just discount them because they're not exactly what you want. It might be the right thing and the right step to get you what, to, what you really need. Yeah, and absolutely be open to opportunity because, you know, there's some things that you can't even conceive of, like you can't even dream of them because you don't even know that they exist. But when they do exist and you come in contact with them, it might be exactly the right thing for you at that right moment in time, right? So, yeah, be open to opportunity and and say yes. Just say yes, yeah, right? Yes, uh, yeah, and I, I can't remember his name. Guy writes, the guy that writes uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh-huh. he, he has, the way he says yes is hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, you've got to have that extra hell yes in there. Uh, it makes a difference. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time, so I need to ask you the question I ask all my guests. What one book or resource besides your own changed your life that you would recommend to people? Uh, the one book that comes to mind is written by a theologian named John O'Donohue, an Irish writer and poet. And he wrote uh, a book called Beauty some years ago, The, uh, the, inner, the inner Journey. And oh. in it, he describes the, the world from his vantage point, which is in Ireland, there's a lot of Irish stories in there and some poetry but he talks about just how things are put together and the, the elegance of life and, and how uh, things are meant to be because that's what they are. Like how a chick is born is how a chick is born. They, they get their beak and they peck away at that little shell and they eventually kind of crawl themselves out of that shell and they become something different. There changes a metamorphosis of, of thinking and it's also sometimes a, it's a physical change. It's moving to another place. But uh, he, put, he painted a really good story, uh, for me anyway, and, and beauty for him is, is really the powers that make all of that possible. And being a theologian, so there's a religious bent to it, but he, that's, that's not what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about church. He was talking about a spiritual belief. And it's a, it's a really powerful book. I highly recommend it. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. But uh, John O'Donohue, he's got a number of books. All of them are, are excellent uh, and on the same genre. Mm, I will have to look into that. I have not heard of him or his books, but it sounds like something I would enjoy reading. Thank you, Wood. It kind of reminds me of uh, a story that I've heard from numerous mentors and people who talk about, um, and this is similar to... Uh, to wanting to change or or feeling like you can't do it is that the uh, the acorn never asks itself am i good enough to be an oak tree <laughs> right <laughs> so in nature right. only humans have this self doubt that keeps us from really 
realizing our full potential. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? And that's indoctrination because as babies, we're all babies, right, at the beginning. We don't have any of that. We just, we just tire ourselves out just having the life come into it, to our, our lungs. We, we breathe in things like minute to minute, second to second. We're all over the place. And it's when we get older, as we get older, I think we get things ingrained that, okay, you know, here are the boundaries. Here's what you can and can't do. Here's what I think you should do. And pretty soon it becomes part of our own thinking mechanism. And it, mm-hmm. it clouds everything up. And it, it lessens the chance for true self-discovery. So you've got to do a little work, I think, and I, I don't mean to be on a soapbox here, but I think we all have to do a little work to really get to our inner selves and, and try to set it free again. Because to your point, uh, we are an acorn that deserves to be as big and as strong a tree as we can. And, and if we don't try to follow that, we're, just, we're, we're uh, living a life that's a little bit less than it should be. Yep, I couldn't agree more. So where can people go to learn more about you and your philosophy? Maybe get on your mailing list for future updates? Right. You, you, can, you can email me, and I respond to everyone. At, it's Gary at Book of Zen. That's B-O-O-K-O-F Zen. S-Z, as in zebra, E-N. And um, I'll, I'll get you on the mailing list. Or you can go to the Zen Zone, Z-E-N-Z-O-N-E dot com, and you can see the book there and see uh, reviews of both the books. And you can always find it on Amazon, too. Uh, just look me up. It's Gary Zendersky. I'm not world famous. I got a couple of books I'm proud of, but uh, I'd be happy to hear from you if you get one and you have something you want to tell me. And that's S-Z-E-N, right? Zenzone, S-Z-E-N-Z-O-N-E dot com or a book of S-Z-E-N dot com. Correct. Gary at Book of Zen is my email address. Yes, Gary at bookofzen.com or zenzone.com. Gary Zendersky's new book is Zen Zone, Reaching a State of Positive Change. Thanks so much for your time today, Gary. It's been my pleasure, Kate. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's program. Please leave a comment on the show page, follow the show, and tell your friends. You can find a link to Gary's books as well as his recommendation on my website, firstclasslifesolutions.com. Look for the Resources tab. If you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please click on the link on the show page and fill out the survey. Next week, my guest will be Karen Sands. Karen is the leading gyrofuturist. You'll probably want to tune in just to find out what that is. And thought leader on the future of women leaders and entrepreneurs in the longevity economy. Karen is a bold advocate for the new story of our age, a visionary with wrinkles, an expert authority on the future of women, the business of aging, visionary ageless leadership, and meeting the greatness challenge. A high-impact certified master and mentor coach and consultant trainer, she guides and empowers women to rock their age. Karen provides up-to-date, leading-edge trends impacting tomorrow's workforce, the shifting marketplace, and women's evolving roles as confident, wild women leaders. Karen is an Amazon number one bestseller author of 11 titles, a firecracker speaker, and an all-around game-changer. I hope you'll join us. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success.
I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com.